0: else is already set This is the best, the best The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I
1: could. Doing my best. Best best. Best, 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 best.
0: How can you ban language, words? How are words offensive? And why should I have to tolerate your interpretation? i'm the one using the word ask me how i'm using it don't tell me and if you don't like the way i'm using it so what it's my right it's my freedom of expression without that we're nothing but slaves my language so fuck off <laughs> hello and welcome to best of the best podcast with almost very own Double sex pistols. <coughs> Myself, Mr. Conor Keys, alongside me, as always. <laughs> double sex
1: pistols.
0: Oh, that's good. Uh, yes, we are two raging sex pistols that are here.
1: You know I never even put together what the name meant? What? What the the name sex pistols? Uh-huh. It just felt like a fucking one of those just throw two words together names. Oh, okay. But it did have a point. Oh,
0: literally. <laughs> 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 So yes, welcome, and uh, never mind the bollocks, here's the Sex Pistols, another one of our uh, classic albums. For a change, we're going back in time. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Stepping out of the 90s into the
1: uh, 1970s. Stepping right into the 1970s. This is (laughs) a, should we say? Yeah. We we did a breakdown of what we've covered so far in an
0: overwhelming decade. (laughs) The nineties was seems a for lot. Of, us. A lot of, we had a lot of spare time in the nineties. But to be, I mean, honest, of course you did. That was our wait, teenage years, yeah. yeah. And then, in fairness, the nineties was a fucking cracking decade. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to go. And um, sometimes, even if you look at the bands in the nineties, they came about because of this album.
1: Yeah, uh, it's not even just the deliberate first influence of people hearing it. The people that attended their early gigs. Uh, is a fucking less little living infamy.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, the the fifty percent of Joy Division formed. Well, most
1: of Joy Division were there, seen their Salford, gigs in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, the Buzzcocks, uh-huh. uh, the Pogues, uh, Susie and the Banshees, all there. Yeah. The Damned, the Clash, all there. Yeah. All seeing the early gigs, so you wouldn't have.
0: Uh, and like we always want to talk about on this, especially when we go back further than the nineties, uh, is context. Mm-hmm. this was you know brand new yeah the the way uh, everything about it everything about the, uh, the the album the full package the the songs the look the fashion the mm-hmm. attitude the energy it was all fucking uh, really fresh we have to sort of think of the bands leading up to 1977 when it uh, sort of all kicked off you're talking
1: when this album came out these boys were together from like late 75.
0: 75 or something yeah so as I'm saying that's the other thing we pointed out Sex Whistles were two and a half years <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> two and a half that's years it. that's all that's been
1: it no matter what else you see yeah, uh, it was just two and a half years everything else was just shit thrown together by a record company but
0: yeah do we I mean what are you talking Zeppelin Led Zeppelin Black Zeppelin, Zeppelin Black Deep Zappos, Purple Deep Purple yeah you okay. know
1: these boys The Who fucking yeah. they, they were all they were gods like yeah. playing yeah. arenas and Fucking having their own private planes and just shutting down countries, and then these fucking bunch of scallywags <laughs> turned up, oying <laughs> and loitering about and just being and, bad and, articles.
0: And this is the thing; I mean, the the sort of notoriety that followed them everywhere they went, the gigs they played at. They mm-hmm. seem to have to fight with the audience and fight with the yeah the the crowd uh, just to get to the fucking end of the gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Bands at that time, as you say, were too prima donna. So, this raw bunch of literally fucking hoods just hoods coming man. in, um, with this would you call it anti music? Because punk didn't ex- you know, punk was a uh, it was obviously a new concept, but it was because Leiden d- didn't sing, it was sort no, of, it was anti singing, it was no, you know, didn't. he purposely didn't, you know, and uh. So, when the, when the album kicks off and the first the first song, mm-hmm. number one, you're hearing this new type of guitar playing or approach and the way they're fucking really going at it. But this singing, or which isn't singing, but it is singing, it's, it's weird.
1: Yeah, it, to now, now. Now it's not weird. We don't as strange at all. But if you were in the middle of fucking Pink Floyd and, you know, symphonies and building up these concept albums and then this fucking thing turns up and this boy's snarling at you and and i remember seeing an interview with johnny rotten in that punk documentary where he's talking about his mum. his mum and dad are irish and he used to listen to a lot of irish music and his mum loved t-rex and the stooges Mm -hmm. and like he has the first few stooges albums and he's listening to diggy pop and he you can pretty much see where he's coming from because it's a guy not trying to sing he, he and, is sort of growling at you on a record, and he never heard something like that before. No. So that definitely d- dripped into his psyche like it was...
0: And this is what we loved about him, because, I mean, obviously, we, when I say we, me, and yourself, we were not, obviously, around in 1977.
1: Not even a thought.
0: Not close. And uh, But again, if you were in any way interested in guitar music of any kind, mm-hmm. somewhere along your teenage years, you were going to come across this album. Yeah. Because either it's recommended to you, somebody else has it, or you're in a band that somebody wants to play a song from it. You know, there's 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 loads of ways of finding out. This is, of course, pre-internet. Now you can find any band yeah. you want to. But at that stage, uh, especially in Tyrone, you weren't seeing too much, even in later years, in the 90s, of Sex Pistols, unless you were part of the grunge scene. No, the, no. The sort of rock band scene.
1: But there's plenty on record. Um... If you ever check out Mark McGrath's pictures on Facebook and stuff, he has a lot of pictures of...
0: Well, this is what I want to say. Oma was a o- Oma really was quite a hub for punk. like Quite a big punk scene in Oma, which for such a, a, a rural town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, it's probably our generation in the 90s were sort of the, the lingering sort of bands that were trying to do gigs at... Community I mean, the halls and yeah. centres. I remember
1: playing pretty vacant in the Royal Arms.
0: Yeah, uh, the Royal Arms was a big spot. Mm-hmm. I think we were one of the last ones to play in it. And then we uh, yeah. had uh, right. the Town Club became mm-hmm. a, a spot. OTC. OTC, and then it became a rave, a rave spot. Yeah,
1: I remember, this is completely off the point, but I remember Kevin, me and Kevin Sweeney having to go to the Town Club because he was playing yeah. with a DJ. Yeah. And I couldn't figure it out. And then when he went up there, the DJ was so into being the DJ <laughs> that he was louder than fucking anything. You couldn't even hear Kevin. Yeah. Well,
0: it was a weird setup, the Montaigne Club. Yeah. Very weird, and I, I don't know how to explain it. it I was remember like, being there, like for it was like a, it was listening
1: like, and stuff. When I was like,
0: yeah, imagine a, a, a lower class Phoenix tower. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, but only one room.
0: But only one room. And, uh, no yeah, door in the toilet became a sort of underground music scene towards the end of its uh, yeah. lifetime Which was very strange But uh, in the 70s and, and early 80s here Allegedly and from what I know uh, Quite a lot of uh, punk uh, influenced bands and performers and fans mm-hmm. um, A lot of guys now who are maybe in their 60s or 70s Who were punks at the time I'd Like to dole in on that I do and yeah. Eddie Conley man yeah, yes, right. Stevie Chesser's all that boys? Yeah, punks. And Gene Obscene. And Gene, Obscene? <laughs> Gene Obscene? Gene I remember my dad, <laughs> I worked in Essence
1: one summer, and my dad <laughs> was going, you're working with Gene on the floor there, and I went, no bar. And then I was chatting to Gene. Gene's just a real civil guy. Aye. And then that Friday night, I was in a pub, <laughs> and Gene was fucking monkeyed. <laughs> and then uh, I went back on Monday, and my Dad went, what's wrong with Gene? You mean, you know the calm Gene of at the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, He's the a good
0: punk, guy, like. Oh, mighty. The punk attitude came out at the weekends. Hi. And uh, yeah, so Gene Obscene. scene. Uh, but a lot I think uh, of, of that, you know, was sweeping across all small towns and small, because this is what this was, this album sort of indicated a, a sea change. It yeah. Sort of indicated a uh, yeah, absolutely. a fuck you to the establishment.
1: I was a call to arms with a lot of young people that didn't really find themselves listening to their dads' Zeppelin records and going, I feel like I can do that. Yeah. I feel like I can be a 200 foot rock god on a stage <laughs> yeah. with my own airplane. whereas Writing 12 minute masterpieces. Yeah, whereas playing a fucking two and a half minute just chunky. Yeah. But essentially these early punk songs are pop rock songs. Yeah, they're very melodic. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, but it's the lyrical content and the attitude that pushes uh, it over the edge.
0: Yeah, and the, the attitude with the energy, which mm-hmm. just was sort of had been lost in rock at that point. I suppose if you're talking, when you look yeah. at the albums in 1977, you're talking well ACDC, Let There Be Rock, yeah, 77, but you also had Pink Floyd, which was a big uh, influence, uh, Clapton, Leonard Skinner, Bowie, Steely Dan. You know, there wasn't a lot of.
1: Steely Dan. Steely Dan. There wasn't
0: a lot of uh, proper revels and amongst that, uh, that, no. that, that, that list, you know, by that stage they were well established and well, mm-hmm. as you say, gods by that stage. Uh, so then John Layden, aka Johnny Rotten, appears with his madly crew of Glenn Matlock, Steve Jones and Paul Cook.
1: Paul Cook. But they have... Uh, them boys are all with each other anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, especially Steve Jones and Cook they were together in a band and Steve Jones was actually the vocalist and it was Malcolm McLaren who said to them, here, why don't you just play the guitar and I'll get you a vocalist. In fact, the guy that works here in the shop plays the bass. Matlock worked in his shop Sex mm-hmm. on the King's Road. So they they actually, he actually just put them sort of together and they were like, we have to search for a, a vocalist because McLaren, before this, McLaren was working with um, the New York Dolls and stuff in, in
0: America. Well, we should explain Malcolm McLaren. There. Malcolm
1: McLaren is the manager... To his opinion, <laughs> the the brains behind the whole thing. Yeah. To everybody else's opinion, not.
0: No, just the guy that took the credit for the whole. He just the guy
1: that took a lot of credit. Yeah. Now he did. He did set the side of it that was fashion, and nobody's ever disputed that him no. and Vivian Westwood.
0: It was quite uh, influential, and still you still yeah. see punk fashion yeah. to this day. Yeah. So
1: what you've got there is they were looking for a singer, and I think they actually interviewed like. Or they asked guys like Richard Helf, who was doing stuff in, in America, and all these well-known vocalists, uh-huh. including Midger, Major, Major. was asked to be the lead singer. Right. And uh, they were walking up the King's Road one day, and John Layden was standing there with a Pink Floyd t-shirt on <laughs> that had I Hate written above it. And the holes in the eyes of the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, let's, let's talk to this guy. Yeah. And he had short hair. That was important because they knew that anybody with long hair was a rocker. And yeah. they didn't want them near them. No. So he had short hair. They interviewed him, got him pissed, brought him into that sex shop and asked him to sing uh, I'm 18 by Alice Cooper. And they all laughed at it, thought he was hilarious and he couldn't sing, which he can't. And hired him and <laughs> Didn't realize
0: he would be the one of most influential vocalists. And yeah, because this is the thing. Christian. I mean, he's... he's uh Uh, I said at the start it was anti-singing which it was but he still sort of had a key yeah yeah a melody Uh, you know it was still (laughs) they still wanted to be good yeah because it's uh, they're, they're probably one of the few he's one of the few voices that can't be sort of replicated no Many have tried. Maybe we'll take a look at some. Okay. <laughs> see if we can find any. But okay. Um, I'm sure. Like the the last time we talked about you two, there's loads of covers of loads of different versions. But oh, nothing yeah. will ever come to the same as his voice. No. Um, they have
1: c- tried to mimic it, and it just sounds really shit.
0: Yeah, because it's so distinctive, and it's so mm. the right, way and his the the way he the way he delivered the lines. His if you want to call it his cadence, um, mm. hmm, his delivery was, but it was uh, um it was brand new it had never been mm-hmm. done that way before and uh when you listen to the start of the album and maybe we'll play that to sort of here okay when someone comes when it, when it comes in for the very first time you're talking the first song the album holidays in the sun which uh it's just the way it starts with the boots yeah which is obviously some sort of marching i assume some sort of
1: it just sounds like that. the says The me man
0: <laughs> and then it comes with that energy over too so here we go I told it. it? So <laughs> <laughs> you can see, yeah, well that would just. If you have been used to the likes of, you know, plant and. There's Zeppelin, a lady <laughs> <who's> <laughs> And. and gilmore and all in pink floyd you know that you know this is it had to have been at that time when it first came out it had to have been just mind blowing
1: well most rock journalists but what they thought would happen was most especially foreign rock journalists would just immediately cut it off and be like you know it's just too much man but (laughs) like it was overall like if rotten tomatoes was about for for music it it was getting 100 percent across the board like so people people could spot it it was undeniable how influential it was and you, you know (laughs) <laughs> there's actually a funny story. <coughs> Noel Gallagher, there's an interview with Noel Gallagher, and he's saying, um, once you hear him start singing, that's it. Everything else before it is irrelevant.
0: Oh absolutely. Yeah. It just And it sort of it sort of did that. It did because it's new then it, it, to mm-hmm. the point that you think where where is this going? Because we've got to the point where it was with you know the Zeppelins and the Oasis, mm-hmm. but now it's this whole new energy which we then we now know with hindsight what it inspired. Mm-hmm. Because it just fucking exploded. It exploded? Um, but, but it, it yeah, diluted itself down. On that one, you could, yeah, everything before it was just. Everything before it was made irrelevant yeah. the minute he starts singing. Yeah.
1: And it's only because of the guitar with him singing. Yeah. Once you hear both together, you We'll do a lot
0: about I'm sure we'll come to Steve Jones, obviously, in the guitar and, and mm-hmm. the genius that he was on it. But uh, this song then obviously was uh, sort of a, a Berlin, basically, is what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, they were in Berlin. Yeah. They took a break. Because the boys always needed a break. Need a break, of course. And uh, they went to Berlin and they, they went to visit the wall and stuff. And they went. <laughs> there's all this great footage of like Sid Vicious just walking around with a beer bottle. <laughs> just like staring at the camera, filming him, going like, Why are you filming me, for?" <laughs> <laughs> but like taking the piss out of the wall, no. <laughs> <Like>, well,
0: <coughs> we should explain Sid Vicious because he, well, you know, yeah. Glenn Matlock was replaced ultimately then by.
1: Graham Matlock to be
0: uh, so vicious, and I always God bless him. He, he, he wrote a lot of the songs. I like. was gonna say, uh, Is there Sex Pistols without Matlock? I might, you know. It's well,
1: it's Steve Jones said himself, uh, Matlock and Johnny Rotten didn't really get on. Matlock really didn't have the vibe as McLaren would put it, so yeah. they think that McLaren was doing a bit of Chinese whispers and sort of we inklings and people say, You know what, you should do, you mm. should really try to get your own person in, you know. and... Immediately, Johnny Rotten had it in his head. He wanted his friend, uh, who was so vicious because he had the luck. But Sid vicious, didn't know how to play the bass. Give play the bass. <laughs> but they hired him anyway. I know. But it got so bad that they asked Matlock to come back in as a session musician. Yeah. To play the bass on the album.
0: And they he didn't come back in. He didn't because
1: know. he found out that McLaren had sent something to the NME about they fired Matlock because he liked the Beatles and he washed his feet in the <laughs> sink. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fucking. Uh, really nefarious and tenuous fucking decision to fire such someone, a but
0: fucking excuse that is unbelievable. <coughs> but uh, that's
1: uh, Sid Vicious comes in then. But we'll we'll get to Sid in a while.
0: Yeah, but Madlock has so what, when that happens then and and really realize Sid Vicious um, can't fucking play the bass, it it leaves it then to Steve Jones ultimately, and that's why we should spend a bit of time on him as well with like a lot of the uh, most iconic things about along with Leiden, is the guitar. Yes. I mean a lot of serious riffs, serious, mm-hmm. um, even, and this is where the punk element comes in, the chord structures. Uh, and the musos among us will tell us what that is, I think it's 1, four, five, or 1, whatever.
1: The, the, the way it was described by the producer um, was that Chris Thomas the producer and he said, because Steve Jones played the bass, all he did was make sure to follow the guitar, Strictly, but did an octave down. Yeah, he
0: took the root note and then just yeah. that and it just gave it like a harmony and things yeah. think, because it was like a, a, a balance wasn't mm-hmm. it? Then. But it's it's perfect harmony because it's the same it person. Is. So you're getting the same yeah. style, the same you he's know, he's hitting it the same way same he's hitting, way, the hitting the guitar. guitar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also on
1: a side note, do you ever think that when they were recording this album that it was done in a professional way? Because to me. I always had the impression that it was the Sex Pistols and it was probably thrown together in real half-assed.
0: I, I, Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean.
1: But that but was just never, an assumption. I never dug any deeper into the actual recording of the album. But it I, turns out they were recording in a fucking studio beside Queen. Queen yes. were recording News of the World. Yeah. And the producer, Chris Thomas, is the boy who produced songs on the White Album, Abbey Road, Dark Side of the Moon... And the first sorry, the second, third, fourth and fifth Roxy music albums. And you too. He did How to Dismantle Atomic Bomb yeah. as well. So uh, but 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 this, before this?
0: Yeah. So they, they weren't skimping on
1: getting the best of no boys they, had, in.
0: Oh, they had yeah, yeah, they had the money. And that was a I, I take it that was that must have been McLaren's McLaren with wanted EMA. To,
1: he wanted it to sound as good as any other record out there.
0: So EMI were the ones who initially Initially signed Initially signed them. And then that went all... That went tits, tits up, up yeah. um,
1: on many fronts. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few of them including... Um, well, we'll start with the recording. Uh, Sid Vicious breaking into uh, Queen's studio to ask Freddie Mercury, how's your ballet going? <laughs> and Freddie Mercury says to him, infamously, and there's actually a video and audio of this, he says t- to Sid Vicious, aren't you called Simon Ferocious or something? <laughs> To which Sid Vicious has no comeback. And then he just fucks him out of the um, recording
0: studio. Freddie Mercury was the man. Too. Just brilliantly.
1: Like, Simon Ferocious. Simon Ferocious.
0: Aren't <laughs> you called Simon Ferocious or something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I think he, he mentioned something about, because Sid Vicious didn't know what to do, he just walked out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the opportunity the oh, exact. fucking brilliant. But too, also, it, uh, that was something that they had to deal with because they walked into a major recording artist fucking studio as an unknown act. Yeah. Then uh, Sid Vicious threw a glass at uh, the Damned, who were playing in a club in London. A glass smashed and blinded a woman, so he was put in remand for that. Uh-huh. And then um, just before now, Sid Vicious was in and out of the band. He was sort yeah, of a hanger on. Fru- he was their biggest yeah. fan, and he was a satanist. Then, when they go to the Grundy show, is probably when the EMI thing.
0: This is yeah. So it became quite. Was it infamous, called the Today Show or something? It was the Today but Show, Bill and was, was, Bill Grundy was the presenter, and it became um, massive. Became massive news, and I don't know what today it wouldn't be news as, uh, at all. But no, they're just editing. well, it's sort of, I don't know, yeah. But um, it still would be controversial for a band to come on TV, knowing when they're on TV to do that. But uh, they also had that air of them that w- we can't relate to you. Yes. You know, this so this was the youth speaking out in the mm-hmm. sense that Bill Grundy represented the establishment. He represented all the the, the upper stiff upper lip in the in the suits yeah. and ties and uh, and these guys are coming in <coughs> Fuck, Steve Jones wearing a t-shirt with a big pair of ditties big, big on her. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um,
1: the, the reason they're there is because Queen didn't show up.
0: Yeah. So And they needed another band, band, yeah.
1: And they threw these fucking mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's been down in sort of TV. You'll see it's it in... Rock and roll history, man? It's rock and roll history, but you'll see it in uh, a lot of uh, top 50 worst <laughs> fucking uh, outrages on entries yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Uh, But at the time, so uh, w- what we know in later years, obviously, that their mindset as the youth were anybody in the establishment were f- there was something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they were into fucking dirty things and we later on in years later and talked about Savile and all of other things, but you could hear the boys getting really nasty down. So, Grundy turns to uh, Susie Sue, Susie Sue, who's standing in the background, and uh, it it does sound rather creepy. Um, he
1: also admits during earlier in interview before this sorry that he is drunk as well, and in yeah. later interview said, "Yeah, everybody in our studio was drunk."
0: Yeah. Well, here we go. This is the infamous. Your are you That's worried, true. or are you just enjoying? So. Enjoy myself. Are you? Yeah. Uh, that's what I thought you were doing. Yes. always wanted to meet you. Did you really? Yeah. We'll meet afterwards, shall we? <laughs> you yeah. dirty yeah. son. Yeah. You yeah. dirty old <laughs> man. <laughs> well, keep going, keep going. Go on, you've got another five <laughs> you seconds. Di- Say something outrageous. You for. dirty bastard. <laughs> Go on, again. <laughs> you dirty fucker. <laughs> what a clever boy. What a yeah. fucking rotter. Well, that's it for tonight. <laughs> the other... Yeah, so... So, yeah... Live on TV in nineteen, you know, seventy six. That was. Yeah. Uh, that would have been live TV. Obviously, Oh, bad. it was. It was huge.
1: The front page of every paper the next day. Every
0: tabloid really went at them, and and uh,
1: again with the sort of what we've been talking about, Malcolm McLaren. Uh, he he fucking berated them. Yeah. He tore them to shreds. Oh, And then the next day he was phoning the newspapers saying he'd orchestrated it all (laughs) because he realized it was the best publicity you could ever have. He
0: couldn't buy the publicity. No, not even close. Uh, So what happened was it became that the Sex Pistols was uh, was literally on everybody's lips, regardless of whether you liked the music or not. You were hearing about them because they were, as I say, on the front page of every tabloid. When that happens then, you've got a couple of tunes that are, well, we know now are iconic, if you want to use the word, but you know they they still haven't really got the album put together no because we should explain the album the album is a sort of a concoction really isn't it it's a the
1: album had there's four singles on the album that were already out well before the album came out and in those days if you release a single like if we talk about it before you don't put it on the album mhm so the album has to be all fresh stuff but they quickly realized that with the recording process that we were doing uh with this producer and the mixer was the stuff was sounding unreal Mm -hmm. so all these songs came onto the album and a few other songs were in the mix but they didn't have lyrics but um so we're talking about EMI EMI after this uh and all the controversy they came with were under massive pressure by the recording industry to get rid of this band and not have them put out an album and they did they dropped them
0: they dropped them. yeah
1: so a song they had they renamed it EMI Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. On the fly like yeah. and it became
0: it. It was the first. Uh, if if uh, is it really? Maybe it could be up there with the likes of Rage Against Machines' attitudes against the system. Uh, Prince when he went against Warner Brothers. It yeah. was kind of like the first "fuck you" to the record labels to go. We will do our own thing. To to be that blatant. Yeah. To start shouting their name out in the middle of a song and not give a fuck. Not give a fuck. But then it leads us on to the the Virgin Records who initially or who well A first. Them on, yeah, and but
1: they give them 25 grand
0: or something, and they yeah, they like got 40 way. for the from EMI. they got 25 something. from AM,
1: who th- they'd signed for the day before, but then in, in another of Malcolm McLaren's sort of fucking moves, made them sign the contract outside Buckingham Palace. <laughs> That's right, so in the in that grass in the 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 fucking roundabout outside uh-huh. Buckingham Palace, they're, they're signing a contract. These boys all wanked off their face, like oh, yeah. And what I didn't know is Sid Vicious's dad is a royal guard, what. He's one of the royal guards that stands outside Buckingham Palace. <laughs> so he, if he was there, he would have been looking out to see his 20, 19, 20 nineteen, twenty-year-old, highly fucked on heroin son <laughs> signing a twenty-five grand record contract, which apparently didn't last more than <laughs> like two weeks or something. They they they've fucked them. They threw them out as well.
0: Just blew it to you. Blew the money. Ble-
1: yep. Blew all the money. And A and They went to their. <laughs> they went to their offices. Within the next few days, again out of her, uh, sexually assaulted a few people, uh, broke toilets. As you do, Johnny Rotten actually cut his foot on an, on a toilet. He was kicking it that much. Um, it was just chaos. Like yeah. it, it was just fucking
0: like. And then in steps in, <coughs> uh, whenever it's to try and compile the album together and get yep. it together as Virgin Records and comes in and that's our our dear friend Sir Richard Richie B. The the hippie, as he was known at that stage, because mm-hmm. he was seen as a hippie, and uh, and this sort of leads us on to the name. And this is what Leiden was talking about to start about you know, uh, words are just words. So, never mind the Bollocks, here's the Sex Pistols. The name alone was obviously massive, yeah, but the the, the cover has become so iconic in itself, which is a very simple cover, but Uh, there's very little to it, but but I mean, if you were to see anything else um, similar, it would be automatically thinking of of that album. Mm -hmm. And uh, so never mind the bollocks. So the word, the problem was bollocks was the the issue. Mm -hmm. Obviously we're talking 1977, so quite high censorship and stuff. And I think it was at Nottingham. Yes. Took Virgin Records um, A record
1: shop had it on its display in the window. And someone took great offence. So Mm -hmm. then it was taken to court. So because it's taken to court, somebody has to represent them. And Richard Branson went to...
0: He got the Professor of Linguistics from Nottingham. Mm -hmm. I've seen this. I thought this was brilliant. To... uh, Who actually contacted him to say, Well, the word bollocks actually comes from the 18th century. And it's an Anglo-Saxon word that uh, means priests. Yeah, it's uh, clergyman. Clergymen. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, bollocks is an actual word and uh, so he, Branson asked him to come along to the court to represent he goes yeah yeah yeah." I will surely he goes I'm actually a priest myself <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you want me to put the collar
0: on he was like oh yes please oh, so the priest lands Malcolm up that's Malcolm McLaren's spectacle yeah. there oh, I, the priest lands up in the dock and gives the explanation that this is language and bollocks is a is a historical word that uh, may have taken on new meaning today but um, should not be taken to court for and they won the case so yeah load of bollocks um solved there and then but branson taking that uh risk mm-hmm. was big it was big but what happened then the the repercussions of that for virgin records we know then went on the virgin Stores and blah 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 yes yes. Is. is that big bands came across to virgin records so the stones came across yeah um rolling stones like, to get them and their output was i massive. think genesis was genesis, was genesis was another one them. um they went across because they basically here was a record label that was Willing to take the flack, willing to go to court for for their artists, willing to stand up for it. So I paid off for him while Richie B?
1: It did. Because the only Richard Branson, me and you know from our childhood is a billionaire. Yeah. And that was, he mm-hmm. wasn't a billionaire when he was taking these risks. No, absolutely. No, no. So, um, no. And Virgin Megastore was the shit that back was. in the day. Jesus, I miss all Virgin Megastore. Never import, man. Import yeah. videos. No, oh, fuck, it was class.
0: Well, we had Oma's... Uh, I owned Virgin Mega Store in uh, Route Sixty Six. But um Yeah. Again a lot of good, good good purchases there. And uh, Royal Arms Records. Runners Muse. In uh, uh, the record shop. And uh, I
1: think I stole a few tapes out of there.
0: I never stole anything in of Route Sixty Six because
1: Robert was on ye hawk.
0: Robert would uh, he'd, he'd fuck you up He'd, he'd smell it And he, he was smart he man would, he, he, had he had had smell it. a lost money He
1: had no tapes or CDs in the covers
0: Oh he knew They're the all bad Oh you here's like me Coming in on the screen with uh-huh. all them fucking blind. Oh yeah
1: Trying to do the old Fucking <laughs> de- deflection tactics <laughs> Oh do you uh, have any Out the back here
0: <laughs> <laughs> all the oh. vinyl He had up on top And oh, all, yeah. all the magazines and all the, Oh yes So every Every town had and should have a record store or label store. Thankfully, we have one now again. Yeah, we do. So, Oma uh, has the Boneyard Records. So, if you get a chance, go around and see it. It's very good. It and there's a lot of many albums in there. And a lot you, of great stuff, yeah.
1: If you're going hunting someday,
0: ch- check out the prices of them on eBay before you mm-hmm, do Yeah. Some uh, of them are sealed. You'd actually probably very likely get our album, never mind the, the ballocks. Will be I, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it is there. Uh, and the... We're still on the first song, but I mean, we know that there's some songs you don't really have to cover. They're so iconic, but we get on to Bodies, which is the second song on the album. So this sort of, again, resonates with how forward the band were. Mm -hmm. This is a song about um, abortion, ultimately, and the woman's right to choose. In that time, mm-hmm. nineteen seventy-seven was fuck. It's controversial and fucking in two thousand seventeen. Uh, it was absolutely it's, off the charts and very strange.
1: Plus, and if you ever read the lyrics, he's not actually pro one way or no, he's not. It's the other. No, it's not. No, it's not. He's like straight went. down the yeah. middle. Yeah. Going, this is what happened. Yeah, it's yeah real this life. is what happened. Yeah, but exactly. it is a body. Yeah, and it is a human. Yeah, but then you also can't expect this girl. Who the story is? A girl turned up at his apartment in London. That's right. Yeah. With a fucking fetus in a bag. A fetus in a bag. Yeah. And she was space cadet, like oh, she yeah. was completely out there and in his words, and um
0: he was like that's a fucking human,
1: but that human couldn't live with that woman
0: no she wouldn't be able to look after it mm-hmm. it was a it was a massive uh, for, for such I mean if you think of an album you start off with a song about Berlin and, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and go straight into uh, the effects or or the argument around abortion or uh, mm-hmm. the pro-life, pro-choice thing. It's just, it's a, already you're like, holy fuck, what is this mm-hmm. thing? What is you this You haven't album? hit the singles yet? Like you like? haven't even got to the singles. You haven't no. even got to the big ones. Because um, <laughs> as a bodies, you've got no feelings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a fucking... Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's a... It, it's one of those songs... Well, it, the first the first four songs on this album sort of sail by. Yeah. you, you You're just... You're still fucking picking up your jaw from the first. Well, that's the thing. You're so mad when I going, what
0: the fuck just happened? Um, because even when I was listening to this in the 90s, I would have known, obviously, God Save the Queen and, uh, and Anarchy in the UK, you'd have heard them. But to listen to listen to it as an album, I remember buying it on CD, and to, to hear it in the fall, you're like, holy Jesus, this is fucking. Because as you say, they haven't even got to. No, it's. it's. You know, and I, like we said last time with acting Baby, sometimes if the single's not the first track on it, it's usually a sign of a good album. Aye. And this one, Jesus, doesn't even come in until track number five. It's before we get the first single. Uh, but you have Layer in between. And I always love Layer. I love Layer. Layer and Holiday in the Sun are the ones that stand out for me. I, and uh, I don't know what it is about I suppose, obviously, I mean we can um, pick and choose whatever ones we want and do everything that appeals. But there's something about Layer I always, I always mm-hmm. just uh, I like the energy of it. Uh, I mean,. Steve Jones then again we, we have to we have to sing his praises an awful lot. Like there's a fucking lot of working on this stuff. Yeah, and, and this is a guy And I you know he's also playing two instruments.
1: Aye and two years before he he wasn't a proficient guitar player, like
0: Yeah, he wasn't it wasn't yeah, well he was could play, but, not but to this no, level, he, like, No, he
1: said himself he, he wasn't the guitar player. He he would play rhythm and sing in the previous mm-hmm. band and sometimes he wouldn't even play the guitar. So for for him to step up on one fucking album and he's mm-hmm. a young lad too, like he's he's a teenager, maybe twenty. Yeah, he he's banging out some serious fucking riffs in this serious album. Riff.
0: And I love the I love the cocky attitude. That's that's how you hear in the, the Grundy interview earlier. Uh, yes, that's his voice. You you fucker. Yeah. Uh, well, he's the one.
1: He, he, him and Peter Cook or him and Paul Cook, sorry, said uh, their early instruments when they first met up and McLaren had booked rehearsal space for himself, Cook, Matlock, and John Lydon. They say all the instruments they had they'd stole <laughs> which, from uh, yeah. flats and lockups around London. Because <laughs> these boys were all brought up like fucking King's Road, Cockney as you fucking like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um and they didn't give a fuck. No. <laughs> they didn't care they did at care, all. No. Was, and uh... even in early interviews, which again, two and a half years ban, it could only be like six months after they'd actually stole the gear. <laughs> They're in an interview talking to someone about <laughs> stealing, stealing all, the all their gear. gear. <laughs>
0: Some boys at home watching that's my fucking drum kit. What the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, they were, um, th-
1: they sort of, uh, Cook and and Jones were the, the sort of glue that held it together. Mm-hmm. They In later years, as we were talking about earlier, Matlock, they did admit that they wish they didn't make the decision to bring Sid Vicious into the band. Yeah. They probably would have, uh, there would have been another album at least.
0: He was ultimately brought in for the look and, slash name and slash another
1: but, another voice to support johnny rotten because he's yeah, his friend
0: his friend but there was nothing else to the band bring, nah. and, and if anything destruction maybe mm-hmm. more than thing he brought uh the the album then gets to god save the queen yes which we should talk about another sort of publicity stunt that they did at the time which yeah. sort of amplified the Grundy interview type uh sensational sensationalized um headlines, so they decided then to they wanted to take out a boat and go on the river Thames yep and at the uh, week of the jubilee right well if you uh, there's a documentary uh of them at the time on lines going we did not know. It was the jubilee, yeah. But, but
1: McLaren knew. But McLaren knew. No, well, what exactly. happened? He it, just didn't tell the fucking boys. And the yeah, boys he, of course there. he didn't.
0: So what happened is you have got all these flotillas and all these big, massive fucking mm-hmm. all the the elite <coughs> of the of the UK all fucking flowing their big Union all celebrating the jubilee. And out comes this fucking we <laughs> chugboat, yeah, with the sex buses on it, blaring out "God Save the Queen." Um, they played on it. They played on it. They, they played. played? It, yeah, they couldn't hear them fucking sounds. They <laughs> played. They played it. And uh, so. Uh, uh, Even just a title, so, I mean, that in itself is controversial. Yes. To name a song the same as your national anthem and then come out and just... (laughs)
1: Say, God save the Queen, she ain't no human being. Yeah. There ain't no future in England's Dreaming.
0: <laughs> I dare you to get past that. Oh, man. You know what Can me, you I,
1: imagine all these fuckers outside Parliament today hearing that shit oh, then? But that's oh, that's what, what happened well, in A&M. Of, well, the,
0: if you think it's such a It's such a song when you think of today and England's Dreaming. And mm-hmm. today is the 1st of February. If anybody's it's listening back, February. this is this is the first podcast um, that did not happen in the European Union. Yeah. The first best of the best. It's not fucking part of the EU anymore. But... There's a border down the Irish Sea now, so... so <laughs> yeah! I don't know what it means. <laughs> uh, well, there's a border down the yeah. Um Sea. There used to be a border, remember, around there, yeah, but it's not there now, it's down... What? Yeah. Do you remember that one? Bolivia? Yeah. Fuck. We're all now one republic.
1: Well, that's the thing, we're not.
0: Uh, so God Save the Queen. But Well, well the thing is... We mean it, God man. God Save... The, A&M had
1: actually printed 25,000 copies of God Save the Queen before they dumped them. Right. And I'm talking about, like, it wasn't even two weeks before they dumped them. <laughs> so they had 25,000 copies of this song, which was their big, mm-hmm. we're giving this to you to promote. Now you've given us 25 fucking grand. We're have you going to give you this single and it's going to be huge. Um, workers at the factory refused to start putting the vinyl in the sleeves. That's right. Because they read it. the lyrics on the back yeah. of it the, and they were going, no. No, can't do it. Can't do it. So they even radio
0: did. stations and stuff could playing, you know, couldn't play. Couldn't it, play. It. it was it was like sacrilegious to the the, the upper establishment. Yep. I mean, even as you say if those lyrics, if you are listening and you are royalty and you hear that, you are going, "What is there? Some sort of peasant revolt going mm-hmm. on?" There? And they were, <laughs> and they were revolting, unpleasant revolting's, <clears throat> unpleasant revolting's. Uh, the uh, God save the queen. We don't need to. We don't need to. Uh, Sort of a lot of any more than it already has been over the course of of the years. Uh, even when they returned uh, as part of a reunion in two thousand and seven, mm-hmm. it still sounded amazing when they played it live.
1: Yeah, man, Steve. As long Steve Jones there, it's going to look good. That's it. And I, I
0: love the 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 if you I ever get a chance to to watch a sort of documentary on the making of the album. I love the fact that you know you've got Matlock going. Oh, this is the riff. I think it's pretty vacant. We'll play later on. This is the riff. You know, rest and then he cuts to Jones going. Oh, yeah, Glenn will give me a riff. He says, but. It didn't sound right. <laughs> really? It didn't sound right until I played it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's class. And uh, and because he had the guitar on on in hand like and, and Matt I said, yeah, well, why well, did this, you know? And then cuts Jones and goes, well, this is what I did. <laughs> and he just plays it the way it was and yeah. ended up on the record. Um, and he was like, yeah, it doesn't sound the way it needs to sound until I do it. And like, yes, Steve boy. Aye, man, he knew how to
1: fucking wield that. Oh, I knew what he
0: was doing, man. Yeah, he knew what he was doing, and. Uh, the album sort of, it's one of the few albums there where the second half is maybe better than the first. I it's do. a rarity in, in albums. Usually a lot of bands put their emphasis to the first half of the record. Because so, it's, it's based on vinyl, which is A and B side. Yeah. Uh, But no, this has got, you know. submissions so a fucking mighty song. To you. <laughs> and even I had. Even I think had the sort of the of, content of I, that as
1: well, you know. They're talking about bondage. Bondage. <laughs> yeah. But then, um, <laughs> in a, I think they try to fuck, McLaren was going, you have to talk more about bondage. John Layton does a media <laughs> impression. You have to squeeze, you know, you have to talk about bondage. <laughs> and they were going, you to f- fuck about bondage because they had that sex shop. And um, <laughs> I think Matt McLaren
0: was, just wanted a load of fucking punk boys. To yeah. Turn up. He yeah. Had lo- and
1: then he could have his own wee army. and he could do whatever yeah. he want. We'll uh-huh. talk about that later. Mm. But what happened was, Matlock and wrote the music, and they actually just wrote the lyrics about a submarine mission <laughs> instead of being submissive. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and everything about it is about a submarine but mission. Well, you know didn't that, even but know that McLaren hadn't a clue. He didn't clue. even catch on, he just he listened to it and went, That is about
1: bondage. It's about bondage. <laughs> Fuck up, <man.
0: laughs> uh, so, uh
1: But you've got anarchy in the UK. Anarchy, anarchy in, the in the UK, UK I and mean, pretty vacant. either side of
0: submission. Yeah. So you're... I think of anarchy in the UK. Okay, so I mean John Lydon is 18. Yeah, man. 18 when he writes these lyrics, you know You've got the the most infamous thing is I think it just burned people's ears to hear the open two lines because they They made something rain that didn't rain. And it was just fucking... But it's my favourite lyric you. of his. Absolutely. It's my, it's my favourite lyric probably in fucking <laughs> music. But it's just so brilliant the way he just went, I'll fucking make you rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> and it rhymes. It does. Um, we have the... But then you see, uh, you've got sometimes people might try and change that. Oh. I believe. Um, I think we talked about looking to see was their covers and i have come across there's
1: a lot of covers a lot of good covers and a lot of um heavier covers and a lot of there's some acoustic covers that are really really good but yeah i think i know the one
0: you're on about. so yeah i know that you know this (laughs) one yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) Okay. well (laughs) so this is anarchy in the uk uh by mr irish bastard mr irish bastard who are a
1: german Irish traditional folk band. Yep. Right now! Even that's wrong, like, yeah. KW Banjo. Oh, boy. I am a Christ. I am a Christ. Right, fuck oh, off, Mr. Irish oh, Bastard. Fucking Irish Bastard. He changed you. it. He's he dirty Irish Bastard. You dirty Irish <laughs> bastard! <bot. laughs> yeah, he's a. If you oh. don't, if you don't go kissed and kised, then uh,
0: yeah, <coughs> Antichrist and anarchist. anarchist. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. But again, so it became even more. I mean, you think of the content we was talking about. Um, I love the, the part about the the acronyms. Hmm. Yes, <laughs> I'll we'll go through because I'd never heard. The UDA been mentioned um, in, the, in the middle of the song, <laughs> so you heard IRA quite a bit then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> where did you grow up? Uh, Forget but, about it. Yeah, so they uh, <laughs> moving swiftly along. You would have. <laughs> well, uh, I,
1: I have a great story. Sorry, you going ahead. But about,
0: that, but you know the fact that he was, and and the thing about anarchy in the UK. Fucking no more apt tune than the first of February 2020. Yeah. It's <laughs> anarchy in the oh, UK. Yeah. It, it literally could be released tomorrow. Yep. And, and it go, go straight make to number one. complete sense and go, these guys are on the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Production, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like he's oh, 70 fucking six, oh, 77. These, these guys are fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking 30 years ago, 40 years ago, sorry. So
1: we were at Colin Marketeer's 18th birthday party in the top of the town
0: hmm Up in the Tat.
1: How many years ago was this? Fuck me. Gotta Eight 15, be 15, eighteen or years. And um Colin was monkotrond, and we had a big penchant for listening to Nevermind the Bollocks mm-hmm. back at the Max House when we were younger, like when you came back from your clock excursions in the Saturday night. <laughs> and we'd listen away to fucking second coming Stone Roses, and it always ended up being Never mind, the box was what let out the fucking fall asleep on the sofa charge. That was the outro. So, um, for his birthday, there was a band playing. <laughs> he played. And again, UK. And Colin got up and sung <laughs> the last half. Oh, no. And now, drunk as a fucking skunk. And all I remember is standing at the bar at the top of the You remember the bar straight mm-hmm. ahead of the stage? Mm-hmm. And looking up with the paint. And Colin McIntyre was roaring. UDA! IRA! And everyone was, He wasn't even singing the rest of the <laughs> words, was he? God, what the fuck are you doing? It's John Stickman. Somebody outside <laughs> hears these words.
0: We're all fucked. But, it, it like, well, re- the reality of it is, I mean, them acronyms obviously meant... It was the first sort of time I had thought about, oh, this is what an English person... Mm-hmm. is thinking of this you know this is the English person going you know we've got all these acronyms is this actually the UK you know what I mean is this what the UK is made up of um, and the fact that the fucking <laughs> the boys were in the middle of the mix I was know, something that's... brand new because yeah. nobody was touching that <coughs> no. you know if you think about it I mean no you think about what the uh, the British government were classifying the UDA and the IRA and all the rest what they were, cla- they were classifying them as terrorists mhm you imagine somebody coming out today and talking about ISIS in yeah. their song? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean that well. They also mentioned the the,
1: P- the the Palestinian Liberation Army too. Yeah, so they're, they're, like they're they're it's, it, it's they're closing it down to these are the ones that are affecting us. And it, so and to have that mentioned, you are like
0: fuck. Uh-huh. So political, so fucking, and that's why, as I say, it stands at test time. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it it sums up quite a lot at the moment. Uh, the the other sort of the big one in uh, in the sense musically uh, was pretty vacant. Yeah. Uh, because of the intro Uh became a quite an iconic guitar uh, Intro for For a lot of people uh, Over the course of years yeah. Matlock again doing his thing uh, Came up with a very very simple thing That then Jones turned into What it became uh, Which was a fucking Absolute belter of an intro So I'm going to see if we get a Oh yeah
1: Seventy-seven. You hear that mm-hmm. pronunciation? It's really, really. It's tight, like real low end as well. Like, when he kicks in. Oh. It it, it's
0: get i just a thing of you, didn't? Yeah. It really. you know, and I don't know what it got reaction wise in 1977 obviously I don't know but I'd love to find out somebody like anybody that listened to it for the very first time when it first was released and hearing those tunes and going what the fuck mm-hmm. because that sounds like uh, it's just huge like it sounds like a 2020 sound it sounds like 64 mm-hmm. fucking tracks from you know like mm-hmm. digital fucking studio and all the rest and we talked about this with the Beatles as well I mean there is a lot to be said about the analogue mm, the
1: production yeah yeah the recording style but that tape sort of the way that it's been a lot of the remasters don't have the same, not the same vibe. Of no, it, yeah. uh, the 2012 remaster, which is on Spotify, doesn't fucking have the same because I remember hearing it in tape and mm-hmm. it was fucking massive. I remember listening to the car loads yeah. of times. The tape. And I don't
0: think uh, I never got to see them live, but I don't think they got to replicate that life. It was too difficult no. with obviously the, the fucking maybe the anger of the crowd mixed with the, yeah. uh, the night or whatever, but trying to get that sound so, which It became well that song, especially anthemic, in the sense that it could fill a fucking stadium. It was so big of a song.
1: But really, look, I saw the there was like a thing where they were supporting. I think it was Kiss, right? The like Kiss were playing a big arena show, and it was in somewhere in Europe, and it was on MTV Europe, right? When MTV had different UK, Europe, America, and they 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 were on live, and it showed it from the start of the set, and it was fuck, it was fucking good. Like it was really, it sounded mighty, but. It, you sort of got the impression they had their time like mm. and if they had a stuck to matlock and stuck to where they were mm-hmm. going they probably would have because don't forget as well before they went to america which we'll talk about in a minute the last few gigs they played in england were for um children of striking firefighters in hull right yeah. and they played matinees during the day uh, and it was come up to Christmas, and they handed out Christmas presents, and John Lydon dressed as Santa and, all. and they said it's the happiest Sid Vicious has ever been, <laughs> and it's the best he's ever played. Because, yes, Sid Vicious gets slagged for not being able to play the bass, but when he was over in England, and he was off heroin for a short period of time, he actually learned the thing. He was a quick learner, and he could sing. Now, you wouldn't think that when you hear some of his songs, but he mm. could sing. He puts on that voice. mm mm-hmm. um, and by all accounts, he was an intelligent guy, but he just decided to act like a fucking yoblie.
0: Ah, yeah. So, well, he obviously comes from fucking money too. you a, a, a well respected family anyway, but his father's a royal guard. I but the father left him. Ah, okay. The right. father left him. No, I love uh, his mum,
1: the single mum. So, he, um, what happened was when they were playing in Hull, they were playing to the kids of and Firefighters and kids, single mums, and they were doing it for under impoverished people. Uh-huh. And they were doing it for free. So. Right. This fucking attitude of these horrible, horrible people who just want to spit on you, and that was the thing as well that everybody spat on each other. Yeah. I, but it was know, a sign of affection in it, it, it punk.
0: It was the tabloids that really pushed that whole agenda. Yeah, they did and, and, and the worst them. thing is McLaren didn't stop them. No, he didn't. He encouraged it, if yes, anything. He did. Which, uh, I don't know, <laughs> because the album would have been the album, regardless of all the other shit. Mm-hmm. The music would have been the music. You know nothing externally that malcolm mclaren was doing with the, the tabloids w- would have heavily influenced this no so it was no need for that i could have maybe then kept the band alive and kept it going god knows what we could have seen yeah. uh if two, two and a half years had led to ten years and they but all regret it they all, regret. all of them have said yeah they wish they, they had all enough. regret it um, they uh they finished off the album, the last two tracks, New York and uh, E.M.A.
1: EMI, it's last a, song.
0: E.M.A., what a f- way to finish it off. And what an absolute two- I love two singing on EMI. Yeah. Well, it's anti-singing, whatever anti-singing. you want. Anti-singing. Yeah, well, I don't know what they call that. <coughs> is, there, is there such a term as anti-singing? I don't, just, know, I don't it, know. It just suits, suits him. Though. It's just Leighton. Mm-hmm. There's no other way. And so Even with Public Image Limited, he's not singing like. No. And uh, Johnny Rotten was that just kind of like the Gene Obscene thing? Is that just a? It was his punk nickname. Wasn't they call him because he had bad teeth. Right. Okay.
1: Bad teeth. You know why Sid Vicious is called Sid Vicious? No. Because <laughs> John Lydon, Johnny Rotten, had a pet hamster called Sid, named after Sid Barrett, Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. and it bit Sid Vicious when Sid Vicious was trying to be nice to it, <laughs> and he goes. Jonathan, your house is very vicious. And he goes, that's your name now. Jo- jo- Simon his name was John Ritchie. John Simon Richie. So Doesn't they call him Sid yet. Vicious.
0: Uh, he'll forever be Simon Ferocious for me.
1: <laughs> Bloody Simon Ferocious. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Ferocious or something.
0: Uh, there has been, probably since then, lots of, lot we know of, like we mentioned earlier, but there are lots of bands that fuck off record labels and fall out with people and have this but this might have been up there with one of the very first most public diss tracks if you want to call it that Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah you're right you know they took on board most other people would have been afraid of litigation afraid of they didn't give a shit Uh, and rightly so but I think that does play a big part in Branson and Virgin Records Mm -hmm. because they needed to take that risk any other record label that's seen them actually printing an EMA calling EMA out Mm-hmm. Uh, in a song would have went no 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 we can't do that, No. but Branson along with the cover uh, and all the rest and the name went for it like and as much as he turned into a bit of a
1: yeah latest Tory twit yeah I uh, well no he uh, I got to give him credit for that like because that could have fucking buried him. I could have went anyway. I could easily went another the way. Well, and sorry, it couldn't it went anyway. Could have went the other way, but and that, the another, other way it was
0: bad. It shows you a good businessman. Isn't it? He could see what was happening. He could see the, the sea change that was coming, mm-hmm. um, and it was a sea change that has lasted. Um, it was a
1: sea change, and like like I said earlier, there's no without this album, without this attitude, without these live shows, and without the image of this band and the sound of this band. There's no Buzzcocks, no Clash, no Joy Division, which is no New Order. No The Smiths, mm-hmm. no Guns N' Roses, there's no hardcore punk, there's no post punk. there's no New Wave, there's no Nirvana, mm-hmm. there's no The Pogues, and there's also no Oasis, but we could have got away with that. But also, that would right. there would have been no image set for Christopher Nolan's Joker in The Dark Knight. Yes. Because Christopher Nolan has quoted saying, the attitude and look of the Joker has to mimic the Sex Pistols, and it has to mimic John Lydon. It has to be the exact same anarchistic sort of attitude, yeah. And there has to be that we don't give a fuck, yeah. Typified in a character. So that's a lot of culture, that's a lot of stuff, yeah.
0: Gallagher, Noel Gallagher has said that there would be no Definitely Maybe because when they were making Definitely Maybe, they wanted it to sound like never mind the, bo- the bollocks.
1: Well, he isn't. He said if he had to write, he would give up all his albums to have been able to write. An I album seen that. Like I saw that? he
0: had, something about he has done ten. I, I albums. didn't know he was that. Yeah, I didn't book. realize either that he has written 10 albums and he would give all them up if he could just write that one. Mm-hmm. Which is a bold statement considering he's got, uh, well, one or two big ones in there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, that that influence has lasted, uh, still does to this day. I know the guys are in their 60s now. Mm. Uh, Leiden obviously went on to pill, public image numbers.
1: We'll, we'll talk about America briefly. America, so, yeah, well, that's... They went on to a tour of America and it ended the band.
0: Yeah, that's what funny is
1: still Uh McLaren booked these deliberate fucking honky-tonk southern clubs. They went into them. Silvicious was in the absolute throes of his worst heroin addiction and he was losing the plot daily. Uh, Nancy Spongin, his partner, wasn't with him, who is American, but didn't go on the tour.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and he was just running wild, like. So one instance, he fucking shouted at a Texas crowd about the cowboy faggots. <laughs> And then somebody jumped up on stage and hit him with a beer tin or something and he busted his nose and there's those infamous pictures of him with his shirt That's off right, with the blood, blood running blood, down yeah. him. Uh, and then in another instance, he fucking, some guy tried to get up on stage with him. He pushed him back and then hit him in the head with a bass, which if you ever watch the interviews with Sid Vicious, they're fucking hilarious because he's like, some guy tried to fight me and I bashed him in his <laughs> brains with my bass guitar. <laughs> 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 and he's just, just real like, I thought, I'm not great at fighting, but if I like, get yeah, you on the floor, you're fucked. <laughs> I was going, this fight, brilliant. But then, uh, it came to the last show in Winterland in San Francisco, and that was the infamous they played one song, which was no fun with the Stooges, um, and John Lydon just said to the crowd, you ever get the feeling you've been cheated, and walked off, and they never played again. So, right. Cook and Jones went back, or they actually went to Jamaica uh, for a rest. <laughs> And uh, now don't forget, on this tour in America, Jones and fucking Cook were flying with Malcolm McLaren, while Vicious and Johnny Rotten and the rest of the crew busted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was because Vicious knew if he was going town to town, he could stop off and get Harriman or of something. from. So, so Vicious went off. Uh, they tried to record another album without lighting, but it ended up being a complete shambles. It's all cover versions and other people singing called The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. It's It's oh, shite. Shit, like, some it. of it's, all right, you ever hear Who Killed Bambi? <laughs> <laughs> Who killed <my> <laughs> Fuck it! If you ever have opportunity, watch the Great Rock and Roll documentary. It's mental. I have not heard that. I must go and look at it. It's uh,
0: bonkers. But uh, that was one of my way on with him way. singing my way. My way, yeah.
1: Which is yeah. the infamous the video of him walking <laughs> down the stairs singing Frank Sinatra's My Way. Which, uh-huh. by the way, that and I think Stepping Stone are the biggest selling Sex pistol singles of all time. <sighs> Not even Anarchy, God Save the Queen. But. And God Save the Queen, by the way, didn't get to number one. They deliberately kept it off number one, even though it sold twice as much as what came number one, uh-huh. which was Rod Stewart.
0: Yes, that's right. They Just, deliberately kept God that, Save the
1: Queen off number one to stop it from being...
0: Yeah, Big Rod was, yeah. uh, so was keeping the, the the title.
1: Leiden went on to Public Image Limited then, but he was also in the middle of a court case with McLaren for unpaid royalties. Yes. Which all the band then found out was true. They didn't believe Leiden. Mm-hmm. What they found out was all the royalties they were getting from the, the album sales and single sales, McLaren was putting them into this fucking great rock and roll film. So all the money was going to... So they found this out and went, what the fuck? Yeah. So whole scene happened, but then Vicious <laughs> brings the woman to New York.
0: Ah, yes.
1: Him and the woman are in a fucking apartment out of their minds, and there's interviews online of him and her in bed getting interviewed, and it is a sorry sight. like. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, out of his brain... So, Vicious, they say, well, he admitted to it, in fairness. He stabbed Nancy Spungin uh, during a sort of half-dazed, half-awake, heroin-infused argument and killed her. So, he was then put in prison and let out on bail. Who paid his bail was Mick Jagger. Right. Which Mick Jagger has never stated. But John Lydon knows and says he credits Mick Jagger for never using it for publicity reasons. But what happens was (laughs) <laughs> Patty Smith's brother's in a bar in New York Vicious is out on bail hits Patty Smith's brother who's an another musician in the face with a pint glass cuts him open and he's sent in again and during that like a two month stint he, he has to detox off heroin mm-hmm. so he's having the worst fucking time of his life he gets let out in February of 79 and the same day he's let out he dies of a heroin overdose Two and a half years,
0: yeah. So you're, th- yeah. the history of the band is fucking. it's crazy, and I remember watching the the film uh, "Said and Nancy,"
1: which uh, I really
0: liked. I loved it actually. Uh, Gary Oldman, it? Gary
1: Oldman, Alex Cox. I haven't seen
0: it in a long, long time. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the band came to the thing, and and it's it's sad to see, uh, especially when you hear them all regret. They all regret Not it. it. Um, it's sad to hear that, and it's it would have saved, but saved sometimes his life. you know, is it, well, I it would have saved his life, and yeah, it, the and, band
1: might have got another chance at recording an album.
0: They might have, but it's that ultimate question. When it comes to a band, is it better to burn out and fade away? Um, well, I don't know, man, because have, it, like they could have released nine more fucking masterpieces, but it could have been nine more pieces of dung. Yeah, it's true too. Uh, you just don't know. That's it. That's the joy of of the the history of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Public Image, I mean, I know Leiden really bums it up, and he's... he's I like, he, I, he, he, Metal Box he, he is one gets, of the best albums I've he, ever heard. He gets very defensive when somebody says to him about, you know, the being in the biggest band in the world, and he was like, I was in two of the biggest bands. Yeah, Public Image are <laughs> fucking, fucking yeah, he, they're he, a class he, he, band, like, they're a really good band. Uh, and, and again, uh,
1: helped usher, ushered in that new wave sort of sound, yeah. and...
0: And there's now. I mean, it's 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 sad to see now uh, when they're older and uh, with a lot of regrets and and yeah, missed out and things, you know. So, but no matter what, I mean, <laughs> the royalty checks will be coming in still. Yeah, because uh,
1: they got their rights sold to Universal. Yeah, so they now get.
0: Proper dole. Proper ching ching. Yep. And and we're glad to see that. But I mean, yes, it is one of our best. If you haven't listened to it, uh, please do go and fire it on. Full whack. Uh, When holidays (laughs) the sun kicks in proper, make sure you're fucking belting it. Mm -hmm. Go and uh, give us a few... uh, Likes and subscribes and just keep in, in contact with us and let us know. Um, keep
1: in contact. Actoon Baby, people seem to really fucking like the episode of Actoon Baby. Actoon Baby's going well, but I think Cause it's because Joe Dolan's in it. That's the one. That's it. That's all it is. That's the one. That's exactly.
0: And we maybe need to make Joe a, a, a staple of every podcast episode to bring it up to that level. If that's what's happening. Uh, nah. Are you sure Joe didn't do God Save the Queen now? Oh, fuck, I didn't even look at that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's when things will really get fucked up. Yeah. Uh, okay, so thank you very much for listening again. And uh, please go and, and sh- tell all your friends and tell all your um, Bolivian relatives <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, anybody in Lithuania yeah. with... Well, hey, this? fucking Kathmandu i seen that. <laughs> I don't think, know what. Like can't even call it do anymore. Is it's somebody,
1: down there. It's Somebody's taking an
0: absolute hand. Somebody is on pure badness going through the alphabet on their tour <laughs> browser and going, right, which country will you use today? Or they're fantastic at, at international travel.
1: And every time they have to do a changeover, they're like, I'll listen to one here. I'll i don't really fucking hear him badness.
0: Just, uh, and him from right. exactly. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's all from uh, myself, Connor Ratten, And. Uh, <laughs> Bondage <laughs> and running ferocious, running really ferocious. <laughs> uh, yes, we'll be back next week. I'm sure we will delve into something music or, or sorry, movie or TV because we've done two music back to back. So uh, yeah, I think yeah, we got to go TV. We got to go TV next time. So yeah, we'll, mm. we'll we'll get back with that. Thank you very much again, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.